This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in L.A. And KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara. Or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show, Dr. D. How are you doing today? Well, I am uh, doing very well. Uh, however, uh, keeping track of uh, clock times and things like that with our special guest is kind of tough. Well, yeah. Tokyo. We're talking to, t- talking to Tokyo. Tune in Tokyo. It's actually <laughs> hello, tomorrow. Hello. It's actually tomorrow there. That, that's right. Don't confuse me. I've got. I get. Confu- <laughs> I get confused just by giving out my name. Okay. Don't don't confuse me too much here, Doctor D. But I know you're dealing with some technical difficulties over there. I keep hearing, no, shoot, <laughs> and he's using different words no, than that. Just talking so. to the computer. <laughs> Those darn computers. I know there was a little bit of technical difficulty in Tokyo today too. It's five a.m. there. And yeah, uh, he has over 42 million listeners, Dr. D, over the years. And, and so do you recognize the voice that you just heard? It was just a snippet. <laughs> I would actually uh, introduce him here properly. Yeah, please. Just a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to play the game. But if you do win, okay. I've got a million dollars for you. If you can tell me who it is, who he is, who you just heard. Um, yeah, Tokyo, uh, 5 a.m. there. Our special guest joins us from Tokyo. I'd love to see what it looks like at 5 a.m. in Tokyo. Cool. It's dark. Uh, it's, it's dark. dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um. <laughs> well, uh, although I will say I'm not sure I agree with that because a lot of pictures I've ever seen of Tokyo, even at night, it's still darn it's bright. Still beautiful. they got lights everywhere, still, especially yeah, in the city. Still beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but he's got his curtains closed behind him, so we can't uh, say if you're watching on YouTube here. All right, let me get right to it, Dr. D. We are learning from a master today. We've got one of the master broadcasters on the show, and I'm so excited to get right to him. But first, let me tell you a little bit about him, uh, introduce him to my audience. They probably already know him. My special guest today, mm-hmm. in case you didn't guess, is Mike in Tokyo. The million dollars is now off the table. Darn. <laughs> the widely, Mike in Tokyo, he's the widely popular and most listened to DJ in Tokyo. I don't care if that's true or not. I'm going to say it. I, I think it is. He's been introducing the world to the best indie music for over 35 years on the FM radio broadcasting to over 42 million people. But Mike Rogers doesn't only introduce and play punk and indie music and understand the music indie scene he was in it he was the lead singer of the 70s la punk band the rotters under the pseudonym nigel nitro great name 
A few years ago, he left terrestrial radio and began broadcasting on digital radio in 19 countries and on over 55 stations. He's interviewed everyone from the White Stripes to Yoko Ono. Mike in Tokyo. Rogers is a director, a producer. He's a writer and also, as I mentioned, the FM radio host, who in 2006 became the first foreigner in Japanese history to hold a senior position at a major Japanese broadcasting station when he was appointed the general manager at TV Tokyo's Inner FM radio channel. Since then, he has built a career as a radio and TV host, a producer, and a writer in Japan with films including Ghost Roads, a Japanese rock and roll ghost story, and the documentary, and, and uh, help me out here, Mike, I, I don't want to butcher, but my Japanese pronunciation isn't so great, Matsuchio? Matsuchio. Matsuchio, Good. Life of a Geisha. Yeah. And Ghost Roads, <laughs> uh, Japanese rock and roll ghost story, which uh, it world premiered at the Raindance Film Festival in 2017. And Mike is also a jury member for life at the Raindance Film Festival, making him the first person from Japan to ever serve as a jury member in the Raindance Film Festival, his film festival history. He has created and co-hosted many legendary programs in Japan, including Ninja Slayer from Animation's The TV Show, Channel G and Good Morning Garage, and Mike, I love this quote that you that you say. Uh, you, you say I, I make rock and roll stuff. Welcome, yeah, Mike, uh, <laughs> Mike in Tokyo. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. We're so happy to have you here. Thank, thank you for inviting me. I'm so, I'm so. I listened to your introduction of me, and I think like God, I'd like to. I'd like to meet that guy. I wonder if he has any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, such is the life of the creator, right? You're always producing, you're always creating, and, uh, yeah. you know, that's, the, but you put out, I was just thinking, you know, and you and I spoke about this a couple of days ago, where it's so, the, the, the um, perspective that you have from behind a console, how many people out there listen to Mike in Tokyo, on you know now over 55 stations um you know all the people that you've touched over the years with not only the music that you play let's say from the artist perspective that the artist gets you a song and you play it and it's now out on radio and they they get they gain an audience and they gain listeners but also how many times when you're just mindlessly driving or you're mindlessly doing something and you and a good song comes on that Mike and Tokyo played or introduced to you and it has imprinted on you and become a part of your soundtrack in your life. Uh, we, we are so lucky today, Mike, because we, uh, and, and to the listeners, the, the music that you're going to hear on the show is all hand curated by Mike in Tokyo. He, he created this playlist, especially for us and the show and for the listeners. So I'm so happy to, uh, when we go to music, uh, the music at the breaks here, Mike, um, I thank you for the soundtrack. And, and we'd love to talk a little bit about each artist and, and why you chose the song. Oh, that's I, great. You, did you like the songs? Oh, I did a lot. You know, oh. I had two favorites, and they're both by the females, but female uh, artists. Uh, and I'll mention them when we get there. But I did, what I really was stuck... What stuck out to me was that it really feel, felt like real rock and roll, like like maybe in the '60s or you know and on, where it was just this real 
raw rock and roll and, and great great beats melodies uh, i couldn't understand the lyrics but i could get the, the gist <laughs> uh well, let's start let's go back a little bit mike where did you grow up um well i was born in san diego and um most of my life i lived in you know kind of ventura mm-hmm. actually so i've been to santa barbara isla vista goleta george is done on state street many 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 times yeah but most most of my childhood my father was in the marine corps and most of my childhood was just spent moving around the united states so i never went to the same elementary school twice and at that time i really hated it but i realized well many years ago that it was actually good because if you get stuck in you know one place and you known all your friends for 12 years or whatever it, it won't make you what he so so outgoing mm-hmm. so if, if you move every year then you just have to be outgoing going um I, even, even though your new friends think you're weird <laughs> what are the some of the what are the um where have you used that uh, the, you know the just have you have you're basically a fish out of water all the time and and you need to adapt to your new environment how have you used that in this career this well, I don't know if it, I, it's, called, built. It, it's called used, used or um, borrowed. When I was like in I think ninth, ninth grade, we moved back to California from Minnesota. And um, I guess that uh, Midwestern schools are way, the level of education is way above California. So I went from being a C student in Minnesota to being the smartest kid in school <laughs> and it was weird and um, one day I was I think my first day in class so I was in a class with a bunch of kids didn't know anyone and the teacher says um, you know whatever blah blah miss Mike Mike Rogers what do you think about that and I said beats me <laughs> because that was the lingo the lingo kids in minnesota use uh-huh. and everyone started laughing at me and they're like beat yourself <laughs> i thought okay this is going to be difficult <clears throat> so that was your but, yeah but it, it's just easy it was easier to get it into television and radio because um, you just have to overcome your shyness, and when it comes down to the audition time or whatever, you just have to do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I I place myself. Okay, this is a movie, and I'm the main character in the movie. And in the movie, what would the main character do? He would go out there and be like, "Yeah, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Beats me, you know." And that's what he would do. In fact, my first, very first television show job in Japan, I had been in Japan for one month. I couldn't speak a word of Japanese, and I became a regular on a TV Tokyo, which is a big network here, TV Tokyo Morning Kids show. And I couldn't speak a word of Japanese. And um, it's a long story, but when I went to the audition, there were other guys auditioning for the, the part and they had an English teacher at this on this show. And all these guys were really stiff, like you can imagine an English teacher would be. 
And then it came to my turn, and I thought, okay, how would Pee Wee Herman do this? <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept going, hey, kids, how's it going? We're going to, you know, and, th- and then I got the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I was so shocked that I got the job. And I thought, God, I love Japan. <laughs> this is, place is great. I mean, where can you go? You can't even speak the language. You've been there for a month, and you get a regular TV show. Wow. What is your background? What is your ethnicity? I'm half Japanese. Okay. And then why did you decide to move to Japan after growing up in Ventura and around the Southern California and around the, around the country? Uh, well, after I graduated from college... Um, I married my college girlfriend, who, who was a Japanese girl. And um, I was actually a stockbroker. And I I worked at Prudential Beige. And um, I was always a top five salesman. Like, you know, 24-year-old guy, really selling well and making a lot of money. And one day I went back to the office. And I don't know if I should really mention this, but I went back to the office and everybody was having a party. They were drinking in the office. There was like 60 guys there drinking. And they saw me and they were like, Mike, come on in and have a drink. And I was like, what, what are you guys celebrating? And they said, we want a war. Vietnam is over. Because these are all ex-military guys. Mm. And um, I was like, what, what war? And they were like, we invaded Granada. <laughs> and I was just like, what and it really surprised me and i didn't really even back then really watch tv or read the newspapers either so i went to the local library and i found british newspapers like the what's it called the guardian Mm -hmm. yeah and they were really railing on the united states for invading granada you know Mm. so you know and um i thought okay i don't want to grow up and be like you guys you know all everyone really pot-bellied and and drunk and fighting with their wives all the time. I want to live. So I asked my wife, do you want to move back to Japan? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, let's go. And I sold my house and everything. My parents were pissed off at me. <laughs> and then, But I thought I'd come to Japan and live here for two years, you know, check it out. And then, then after that, we'll move to Italy because... I had so much, I was so cocky and had so much confidence. I used to tell people, I can sell ice to Eskimos. How funny, my father used to say that to me. (laughs) It must be a radio thing. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. So, so that's why I moved here. Well, going back to your life in the United States as a, as a, a Japanese American, uh, was, what was the culture like? I know we, you know, you're not real political, and, and that's not what this is about. But it, put us in that mindset. As a kid growing up, was it, uh, you know, because I look at some of the stuff that's happening now in the United States with, uh, you know, Asian Americans, and uh, it's just so sad. I know that, that out of World War II and, and all of that, there was a tough time. Was it tough when you were growing up for you as a, as a kid? Or do you, could well, you seem like you have a lot of self-confidence in that? And that you really loved your experience, it sounded like, growing up. But was it tough at all? Okay, you guys are going to think I'm weird. When I was a kid, I believed that, and I'm serious, I was Superman. Because I was half Japanese and half hillbilly. 
<laughs> my dad was from North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I, I'm serious. I believed I was the Superman, and I kind of like a Calvin and Hobbes thing. I had made my mind up that uh, I was the super race, and there were very, very few half Japanese people, and, and there's. Yeah, There's imagine. more in Japan, but there were very few half Japanese people. And I really believe because of the two cultures that I, I could understand both cultures. And that made me, I don't know if the word, well, just made me a superhuman. Mm-hmm. And I hope that kids, all kids who are half, half Mexican, half, uh, uh, American, you know, half this, half that. They all believe that, and they they take the two cultures, meld them together, and use the best of of each culture. And you know, it's really convenient, like because like when I was in high school, I never really got picked on. You know, I went to a high school in Ventura, and I never got picked on by the white kids, and I never got picked on by the Hispanic kids because the Hispanic kids thought I was Hispanic. And the white kids thought I was white. So everybody would leave me alone. I never got had to get in fights. I just sit on the fence. Um, okay, yeah, I'm a, I like you guys, you know, whatever. <laughs> and never get in fights. But I, 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 I love the perspective that you found power. Well, you used your imagination as a kid, and I think we should all continue to do that. You still are. You're, you're creating great films and uh, writing scripts and and you're hosting and, and introducing the world to music constantly. Um, you're a very creative guy, and you you've been that way. It sounds like your whole life, and I and I love the message that you put out there. Um, you know, to find your power and and use what you have. And we're all half something, right? Or we're all yeah, something. that's right. We're all you know. But uh, I just wondered. I, I thought you might have a, ne- a unique perspective. Did did the music? Which what type of music? Um, appealed to you first and probably fed that power. I imagine you, know, you were in a punk band, right? I mean, that yeah, power well, in itself. So I was, you know, um, 10 years old in 1966. So what I really loved was my parents would take, take us somewhere in the car and they'd say, you have to go with us too. And I would say, I, would, I was good at negotiating back then. I would tell my parents, okay, I'm ra- I'm going to go with you guys, but I get to sit in the front seat and I get to control what we listen to on the radio. Mm. And they would say, okay. So I would <laughs> just be zapping the radio the whole time. And all of a sudden I, I'd find a station that's playing like the seeds, you know, pushing too hard, pushing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is it, this is it. And my dad, <laughs> who loved country, would be driving the car and he'd be just as just sick, disgusting music. And I was like, this is the best. <laughs> and then, um, then the monkeys came along and I really liked the monkeys. And I was, like I said, I was a kid and I was under the impression that rock stars were always, they all lived in the same house, you know, the same band. Mm -hmm. They all wore the same clothes and everything. So when the monkeys broke up, that really, that just devastated me. And then... I was, so we were I, talking about this. Uh, I'm just going to drop it in there. Uh, Sarah Jones, Davy Jones' daughter, was a, a good friend of mine. In fact, she, she after we got off the phone call, I started thinking about it. She, we had a restaurant here in town, Santa Barbara, called Arch Rock Fish, and she did all the interior decorating. She's an interior decorator for the restaurant. But, yeah, as a high school kid, I knew the monkeys mainly just 
going over to their house at, at, when they were out of town. <laughs> Sarah would throw big parties, and it's right there behind them, up the road from the bottle shop. Do you remember that in Montecito? The bottle shop that's been there forever on Coast Village Road? Do you remember Ooh, that? Me? Yeah, do you remember that? No, Coast, I don't remember shop? that. No? No. Anyway, the monkey, yeah, the monkeys, yeah, they were. That's, so that was one of your fr- and what, what drew you to being a DJ? Was it just, hey, I'm a DJ in the oh. car. I'm going to continue this. I love it. Well, so after I was in the punk band and the punk band broke up, and let me just touch on that just for a moment. We, I played in the punk band for about a year. And um, in, uh, I think it was 1979, the nuns called us. And said, Mike, you know, you come up and open for us in San Francisco. And I was like, sure, of course. You know, and the guitarist was, of course, we'll, we'll go. We'll go play. Then we told those two idiots in the band, the drummer and the bassist, we're going up to San Francisco to play with the nuns on this such and such a date. And they said, no, we can't go because we promised our friends we would go surfing that day. <laughs> I was like, what? You live in California. You can go surfing every day. <laughs> I mean, what? How many, how often can you play with the nuns? So, but that was my screw up because I should have fired those two idiots and kicked them out. <laughs> and just and gone went, anyway, huh? And then and then went up to to play in San Francisco with the nuns, but I didn't do it. So I, that's one of my bit life's big regrets. Hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like you've got too many though, uh, Mike. I mean, you've well, got well, you've built. Yeah, no, I got lots of regrets. <laughs> so then <laughs> after that. Um, the band broke up. I, I really loved Hollywood and I loved Sunset Strip and everything. And I wanted to stay there. So I got a, a part, uh, I got a part-time job with Rodney Bingenheimer. I just went, went up to him one day and said, Hey Rodney, thanks for playing our records. Can I be your assistant? You don't have to pay me or anything. I'll, I'll, I'll drive you around and I'll clean up your records and do everything like that. And he said, okay. Hmm. And I did the same thing. Actually, you don't know this, Jeremiah. I did the same thing with uh, Pee Wee Herman. And I worked in Pee Wee Herman's mailroom for a very short time. But nobody, I, I thought that would be Hollywood too. But it was, no, it was just like a closet <laughs> and sorting mail. So I thought, nah, I don't like this job. Yeah, some of those production offices are not that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're pretty, pretty shabby. Well, uh, oh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So Rodney introduced me to everybody, the Ramones and Blondie and Clem Burke and Phil Spector and people like that. And uh, that's how basically how I started into radio. Mm. Mm. Because I thought, you know, the problem with being in a band is you have to depend on these three or four other guys. But being a DJ, you don't have to depend on anybody but yourself. And that's the best, you know. If you screw up, it's your fault. If you you succeed, it's 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 because of you, you know. And it's just better that way. Relying on other people is not a good thing, generally speaking. That I is think. true, but sad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, Mike in Tokyo, we're going to take you. We're going to ask you to do what you do so well right now. Tell me about this song. Did you get the playlist in order that I sent you today? Uh, Linda, Linda. Oh, this um, is a band. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, okay, you want me to introduce? Yeah, them? yeah. Introduce them, and why did you choose them? And then we'll we'll go to break, and we'll play them, and we'll we'll come back. All right. Well, I don't have to sound like a DJ, do I? <laughs> no, it might be kind of fun. <laughs> well, I'm so, get you to do it one time before we're all we're all finished here. Yeah. You can bring all right. Us back. Well, um, you okay. Just tell Lin- us about uh, yeah the band and yeah. The Linda Lindas are coming to Japan in Summer Sonic. They're going to play the live stage. And uh, the Linda Lindas got their name from this band, uh, which is one of the most famous Japanese rock bands in history. And they're called the Blue Hearts. And this is Linda Linda. Great. All right. We're going we're gonna to listen to that now. Thank you, Mike. In Tokyo is our special guest today. Let me give you some. Uh, he's doing some good stuff right now. And let me give you out some information here. Here's where you can find Mike in Tokyo. Roger is on Instagram at Mike in Tokyo Rogers and on Facebook at Mike in Tokyo Rogers one. Just type it in. You'll find it. And you can find Mike Rogers on these digital radio stations. The Mike Rogers show. In uh, Japan, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m., Radio Candy Radio Station and Core. You can also find him on WFMU New Jersey, voted the best radio station in the USA by Rolling Stone Magazine. Second place. KZSB 1290 and 96.9 FM, right, Dr. D? That's right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Second place, we're going for number one. And um, Lux Radio in Spain. Very, very cool. Uh, Upcoming, I just want to give out a couple websites here. Check out the Japan Indies Film Festival at filmfreeway.com backslash Japan Indies Film Festival. And I wanted to uh, just say hi to all our new ri- listeners. We're on a new station, altradio.rocks. Check it out. We'll be on next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I believe, I've heard of that station. I believe you're on that one as well. We're now, I am? We're now oh. co- What do we call ourselves? We're, we're co-programmers. Brothers. There you go. <laughs> we're brothers. I like that one. <laughs> uh, the station supports indie artists. And... There's a new upcoming film, Meet the Pumps. I don't have anywhere to send you on that one, but we're going to talk about it in a few minutes here. We'll be right back with more Mike in Tokyo. Rogers.
Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Hey, welcome to back to the Jeremiah Show. We've got Mike in Tokyo. He's joining us from Tokyo, Japan. He's the number one DJ uh, in my book and yours as well uh, for over 42 million listeners. He's on 55 radio stations. And man, this uh, is a fascinating story. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Uh, Thank you. Now, we just brought, we, you brought us back with your personal playlist here for the Jeremiah yeah. Show. Tell yeah. us a little bit about the song and why you chose it. Chose it. Camino um, the song, Toko. The song, we just, the song we just heard was um, Titty Twister. They're from Kyushu. And listen carefully because they sound like Led Zeppelin a lot. And um, the song is called Kimi no Tokomade, which means going over... <laughs> going over to your house and they sing about going over to your house to do whatever the young kids do but uh, she's riding a bicycle okay (laughs) so you know it's it's not about adult it's not an adult subject very teen teenage teeny bopper stuff but it's not teeny bopper sound they're they're pretty heavy yeah, I like it. I like I like all the stuff you sent me. I've been um, turn up the stereo when we come back, right, Doctor D in your car, and yeah, uh, crank it up. Jam out. Yeah, so we've got. I mean, it's so such a pleasure to talk to you, and such an honor to talk to you and have you on the show um, for what you do. I mean, how many people out there do what you do? Not I mean, you probably have some sort of a number, but there there are not a lot. And then to make it to the top where you did, tell us, take us now to Japan. You've moved back to Japan with your wife. You plan on being there two years, maybe moving to Italy after that. Yeah. Uh, first, before you tell us your career, explain the Japanese FM station system, if you could. Okay. So in Japan, and I think I think this has something to do with World War II. But for example, in Tokyo, there's 42 million people living here, but there's only five FM stations. You probably have more FM stations mm. in Santa Barbara mm, than crazy. they do in Tokyo. So, so to be a, to be a DJ here in Tokyo is kind of a big deal. So um, I was on the uh, rock station, so to speak, 
So when famous musicians would come to Japan, and if they were alternative or indie, so I got to meet them all. So that's how I met like the the White Stripes and um, Elvis Costello and uh, Yoko Ono and just people like that because we were considered the cool station. You know, we didn't play traditional Japanese music and uh, Japanese. Teeny girl, teeny bopper pop. We didn't play that kind of music, mm. so um, it's totally different here. in In the southern island of Japan, the big southern island, there are only two stations. So for that's 130 million people there, and there's only two FM stations. So if you're a re radio DJ, you're at the top of the celebrity list there, really, right? Everybody listens to you. Well, in theory, <laughs> in theory, but, um, you know, FM radio nowadays has a really kind of tank and um, there's no sponsors. And th the problem is, is like you guys, you, you two guys, you're running your, your show. You've got people all over the world listening to this, this show. And um, sponsors don't have money to support a station that has 100 people working at it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. you, you guys can do your show or somebody like Joe Rogan can do his show. And maybe he's got five or six guys working on it. But, you know, a sponsor has only X amount of money. And the TV stations or the radio stations want, need to charge huge amount of money for a sponsorship. But they can't afford it. But they can they can pay like one-tenth the price and get a bigger bang out of their buck by by going through internet radio, digital radio, or going through these podcasts. And it's just smart, smart business. And that's why the big TV stations and you know even American stations, whatever, they're in trouble because they have so many yeah, so staff. So much overhead, so much staff, so yeah. much labor. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, I just want to put out there, since you brought it up, that we are, you know, we're still accepting sponsors. You can still get in. <laughs> so let me know. <laughs> Always looking for sponsors, good sponsors. I think you did made the perfect pitch, Mike. If you ever want an extra job in selling advertising, let me know. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, really, no. I, I, really, I really think so. It's like, you know, um, st somebody like, let's say Toyota. Toyota, that's a big company, a big multinational company. They can afford to buy commercials on the Super Bowl or whatever. But for the money that they spend on that Super Bowl commercial, they could they could buy ad space on the Jeremiah show for probably two years and get much more bang, consistent, because that's the point, being in people's heads all the time consistent advertising and get a lot of coverage and they would probably save uh you know 75 percent of their budget for the, for that toyota call me all right so <laughs> let me ask you mike going back to the music what is uh i'll take toyota i'll take anybody um what is what should we understand in the western world about is it japanese music specifically i know the soundtrack you sent me was a lot of Japanese music, but what is what should we understand about the music well, scene and, and Japanese music in particular? Okay. What you mentioned a little while ago, like other people who are doing this in Japan, I'm the only one who's doing this. And I think it has to do with, like I said, Jap 
I, I don't know if I said this, uh, Japan doesn't have internet radio. No. And that's, that's wow. because of that. That's because of JazzRack. There's stations that say they're from Japan, but they're actually bro- broadcasting from London. Mm. Oh. So, so and and you know, I I broadcast too. I mean, I'm on a Japanese FM station, but I broadcast too. From most of these stations, are being you know the the transmitter is or the the internet is in a different country. So, um, what I do is I basically play. Japanese indies, punk, junk, garage, and stuff like that. Because even in Japan, no one is playing that. Hmm. Because like I said, there's only five FM stations in Tokyo, right? right? So they're all playing Justin Bieber or Bieber. I don't even know what the guy's name is. Yeah, and, the second one's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He'll go by no, that's, that's what they play. <laughs> and so even in Japan... The the Japanese indies punk garage bands they don't get any airplay at all, hmm. so there are a lot of DJs around the world who are doing indies music, uh, just like you me- mentioned on alt radio, and um, the one thing that sets me apart from them is I'm playing music that nobody's ever heard from Japan, and these bands are really really good. Yeah, they are. How is that scene? That's that's a that's a, a music scene that you're tapping into. How how is it received? Um, well, you know the core fans, the hardcore fans, the kids, they love it. And in in Japan, I hate to say this, but like Japan is, I like to think like Japan is maybe thirty or forty years behind the United States in a lot of ways, and. Um, the music is definitely like that. So that's why you said, you know, very rock and roll type yep. of thing. So the bands that are out now, they're all young. They're all in their 20s. They're really pretty. They're really handsome. They're slim. They're trim. And they just have the look of rock and roll. You know, I, I like I like the rock and roll look from the Gene Vincent days and stuff when everyone was skinny. It, that. That's the way I believe rock and rollers should be. And I don't really like, um, what's her name? Grace Slick. Mm. But she said something once that I thought was totally correct. The 50-year-olds who are doing rock and roll should quit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh. So I get a lot of music submitted to me from the United States, and I play them sometimes. I was going to ask, how do you find the scene? How do you tap into the scene? Or do they, do they find you at this point? Well, that's a that's a kind of a weird question. You know, I a lot of Japanese bands send me their music, but it took it took, and I'm serious, decades to get to that point because it used to be I'd, I'd go up, go to see a live show and I'd see a band and I'd say, "Hey, I'm a DJ. Here's my card." Send me your music. I'll play it. And they would never send me their music hmm. ever. And and I think they just thought like, um, well, he's a FM radio DJ. They're not going to play it anyway. Hmm. And so they wouldn't send me the music. But hmm. it's just been recently, and word has gotten out that Mike Rogers will play our music. And so now a lot of Japanese bands send me their music, but also a lot of American UK bands send me their music too. It's it's really um, 
it's nice to get a really cool song from the states yeah and with a actually a young band that's really nice but um i often get like you know gospel or um just <laughs> it's like do you listen to my show Come on. <laughs> you know what i'm about <laughs> we're talking to mike rogers mike in tokyo uh, he's got a film out i want to send you to called ghost roads a japanese rock and roll ghost story okay here's what it's about tell me this does not sound entertaining a struggling rock musician meets a ghost in a haunted amplifier who promises fame and fortune the musician gets everything he ever dreamed of but not exactly the way he hoped uh, i saw that that's uh, you can you can look you can find that streaming right now um not on Hulu. What's the other? Voodoo or something? I, I forget. I, yeah, well, it's on Tubi. Tubi, I, yeah, Tubi. Amazon Prime. Yeah, and it premiered in 2017 at the Rain Dance Festival, so film festival. So yeah. congratulations. Uh, again, where you can find, listen to this man. I mean, he's, he brings out, he, he introduces the world to such great indie music. Uh, Mike in Tokyo broadcasts out of Tokyo, Japan. You can find him on Instagram at Mike in Tokyo Rogers and on Facebook at Mike in Tokyo Rogers one, but Mike in Tokyo Rogers will probably work and you can find him on. These are a few of the digital radio stations. Uh, it's the Mike Rogers show in Japan broadcasting out of Japan, Monday, Wednesday and Fridays, 12 p.m. Radio Candy Radio Station Core W F M U in New Jersey, and Lux Radio in Spain. That's just a few of the 55 stations that he broadcasts from. Uh, also, go check out FilmFreeway.com, Japan Indies Film Festival. It's a film festival that Mike Rogers founded. So we'll be right back. Oh, Mike! Uh, by the way, we're going. Mm. To break here with that's the way woman is the messengers i yeah. really like this song for some reason i loved mm. i just loved it why did you choose this song and tell us about the messengers um the messengers are two girls i think they're from utsunomiya which is a little city outside of tokyo and if you listen closely to the song she warbles her voice and that really reminds me of eartha kit uh. Because Eartha Kitt used to sing, you know, I'm an old-fashioned girl, like that. <laughs> so she warbles her voice like that. And I, that's the only person I've ever heard do that, besides Eartha Kitt. And um, a very famous Japanese singer um, named Misora Hibari. So she's following in the footsteps of some really greats. And it's it's a really nice melodic song. Yeah, I enjoy it. Here it is. That's the way woman is, the messengers. We'll be right back. Stop in the middle of the hazard river. Ah 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 
Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio. Rocks. Hey there. I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnamedtom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Uh, Mike, actually, I wanted you to bring us back. Can you do your thing? I, I told you one time at least. Can you can you bring bring us back to the to your show, not my show? Bring us just bring us in here and uh, the way you would do it, and then introduce um, the song that you sent me, Kelly Muff, New Trash. Okay, yeah. Um, it's the Mike Rogers show with you. We just heard from blah 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 blah. Next up, here's Kelly Muff. <laughs> Love it. Why did you choose the song? <laughs> oh, she she is. Um, that song reminds me of 1960s San Francisco. You know, maybe the Jefferson Airplane or something like that. She can scream, and she's always on key, and it's very different than typical Japanese rock. She She sounds like an American even though she's singing in Japanese and she's really pretty. Don't tell, don't mention that. Cut that part out. My wife, might. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all, uh, you know, you're right. When you mentioned that you think the rock and rollers, you've got that image in your, well, I think we all do of those rock and rock and roll. You know, it's that almost that heroin chic kind of a thing that, that just you're, you're thin, you're, 
you're edgy. You look like you've probably been up a few nights, but you you did your makeup right. But you're also attractive. You know, that's part of the yeah. packaging. It's pa- it's in a way I hate to say it, but it's packaging. It's we all you know we 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 strive or we emulate or we want to be especially when you're younger you want to be that rock star that you've got on your poster on your wall right you, yeah you, you, after i was in the rotters and then i moved to japan those guys in that band played reunion concerts every year and i'm serious for probably 30 years they played reunion concerts and they would always ask me mike mike come back we're playing a big show in long beach or something like that and I never went back once and I I just told them, you know, I don't think old fat guys <laughs> should be playing punk rock. But the, the the guitarist, he had a good point. He said, No, no, it's offensive, right? Old fat guys playing punk rock. And I said, Yeah. He said, Well that's why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> True to their their beginnings, their beginnings, right? Just uh, yeah. keep keep shocking, keep keep yeah. uh, keep current but so, you know it was a good memory and i just want to keep it that way I yeah just that's smart though think. you know you can't go back sometimes although yeah it, from a, I would, from your dj perspective from an fm dj perspective from the career that you've had how has the job description changed over the years or has it yeah it's totally changed and um it used to be like in japan it's like i said things are very behind like 30 40 years in japan at most uh, radio station there's a director an engineer and an assistant director and then there's the dj and the dj just talks and the director or the writer screenwriter writes the script for him oh so wow. they're they're their talent it's like you know 1940s or 50s radio right wow richard so um that's how it is in this country. Wow. So when I, st- so I had always, you know, enjoyed being the engineer and the director and co-hosting. So I used to do that. Uh, I, I would, I would run the board and I would like direct and I would co-host and put the music in and I did everything. And I thank God for that because in the new radio, the, the new internet radio, it seems a lot of people um, are doing everything by themselves and able to run the board, able to mix music, you know, <laughs> and make everything sound okay. So, Richard, you got a job in the future. Jeremiah, I don't know about you. No, I, I need Richard. <laughs> I definitely you know, need Dr. D. You know, it's interesting you describe that because that has been my whole career since 1979. I was always told, learn everything you can about every single department in the business. And then in a few years... They didn't specify how many. You can then work on specializing. Uh, I I have my own program. All right? Yeah. I am Mm. both the producer. I am the director. I am the host. I am the researcher. I am the webmaster. I am Mm -hmm. the podcaster, the videocaster. You put whatever name you want on there. I'm not the advertiser, uh, the advertising agent, so to speak, because, you know, I'm just in spite of the fact that I've been told I could sell ice cubes to Eskimos uh, (laughs) by my father. 
I, it's just not something that I have really dove into in spite of how good I was at sales in high school as a paper boy, as well as Bargain Network over here in, in Goleta when I first moved here in 2006. But, I, you know, it's just, and, and it's not, I'm not saying this with any ego. Uh, I basically do everything around here except for the sales department. You're hired. I handle, I handle the traffic. <laughs> okay. I handle the logs. You know, and on and on and on. Uh, fortunately, there are others that are stepping in to do some of the production, but I still love doing the production. Even with this program, it's just a lot of fun for me. I just, it's it's a blast. Yeah, uh, that's, that's good. So you you will always have a job. Yeah. And I, I suspect that you may not want to do it, but you you could do the the sales too. I could. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah. when I was a paper boy, I took many trips to Disneyland because I was one of the top salesmen every you know in a quarter uh, for su- su- newspaper subscriptions back in Phoenix. I worked for Bargain Network, and in the last three or four weeks that I was there, they moved me into with a bunch of other people into what we they called the fishbowl. It was a raised area that was enclosed with glass. They fed us lunch, and as long as we kept our sales up we got to stay there and that's where i was i still have all of the spreadsheets for the sales that i did i mean i was very successful in spite of the fact that i hated the job because it just didn't feel (laughs) right but i was so good and that's why my father says richard you could sell ice cubes to eskimos don't worry about it in case you just tuned in this is a job interview with Dr. D. <laughs> We're getting his full resume. <laughs> Do you guys mind? Let me get back to Mike in Tokyo. Uh, Richard, you are hired, by the way. Thank you. Thank I, you very I, much. It's impressive. Um, after, after we get done with this interview, I'm going to find out what your, you think your strongest points are. But, ah, uh, your okay. strongest. <laughs> what are your worst points? What are your best points? I, I just wanted to ask uh, Mike, what about the technology in Japan? You say that, that from a... A staffing position and, and the way they're doing things, the way they do things, it's 30 to 40 years back, right? Yeah. What about is. technology? Um, most stations broadcast their, I don't want to get too technical, but broadcast their signal in MP3. And the studios still use uh, CDs. Okay. Most, most studios do not use a database. So, um of the five stations in Tokyo, I mean, I, I, I've actually been, I am very proud to say I have been fired from every radio station in Tokyo. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you've been fired five times. <laughs> no more. See, those are the kind of resumes I want to read. Like, That's right. Uh, yeah. the, the last station, which is, okay, there's, there's Tokyo FM, there's um, NHK, there's... Um, uh, J Wave, and there's um, Inter FM, and then there's NHK, okay. which is a government run. All right. So I, I've been fired from Tokyo FM, J Wave, and whatever. But Inter FM, I've been fired from that station five times. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Firing wait. me back. I was just going to ask. Okay, you were fired. Apparently, it wasn't bad enough that they would rehire you. Well. The station has a lot of problems and management keeps changing. So like this management would fire me and then new management would come in and they'd hire me back. Oh, wow. So, um, 
But then the new spot. management would fire you again. <laughs> yeah, they, they would fire me again. Because I'm not the kind of, I'm, I'm not corporate material, you guys. No, hey, I hear you. Neither that's am I. why your fans yeah, love you. That's, that's right. Why, that's why you're good at what you do. You're great at what yeah. you do. I have to say this: I've been, I've not been fired from any of my radio jobs. I was laid off once. You were already oh. hired, Doctor D. We don't need. To I know. There. I know. <laughs> hey, let me, let me, let's talk about this. Meet the pumps. Yeah, this is really great. Okay. Meet it's, the pumps. Let me tell you a little bit about it, Doctor D. A gritty yes. feature set in the world of punk music. The okay. Grammy, Golden Globe, and Critics' Choice Award nominee Linda Perry's on board as a composer, music supervisor, and executive producer um the film was penned by um the director and that's stephen brooks correct yes stephen brooks and mike in tokyo our special guest today rogers he's uh he penned it as well he centers this film centers on an all-female la punk band the pumps a real band examining the rise fall and ultimate resurrection of their charismatic lead singer Antoine Tony Asabo. Uh, so Linda Perry, so if you, you, you got to remember the name from the, the, the song, the hit song, what's up way back when, but still uh, we played it not that long ago on the on the show here. And man, it's just a great song um, for non blondes, the alternative rock band. As an international yeah, you know, hit. Do you know, Jeremiah, that I, I co-wrote that song with Linda Perry. Did you really? Seriously? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, she's got a lot of, I didn't realize this about her, Linda Perry. Um, you're working with her. That's close enough, <laughs> yeah. right? Linda Perry's subsequent credits as a songwriter and producer include chart toppers such as Pink's Get the Party Started, Christina Aguilera's Beautiful, Hurt, and Candyman, Alicia Keys' Superwoman, Gwen Stefani's What You Waiting For, and Wonderful Life. Even Courtney Love, Letter to God, Kelly Osborne, One World, Celine Dion, My Love, mm. James Blunt's No Bravery, among so many others. I didn't realize that she had done so much and was such a prolific songwriter for other artists. She's also founded two record labels, Rockstar Records and Custard Records, and won two ASCAP awards for her songwriting. She was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2015. What a great person to work for. And then, Mike, Mike, uh, you know, your music credentials are brought to this project. Um, and, wow, it sounds really, really interesting. Tell me a little bit about Meet the Pumps. And oh, Okay, well, Richard, you want to say something? No. No, okay. Well, um, he's already been hired. He, he's not here. Okay, okay. I got, I got, got okay. I, I'm marking down here. You owe me doesn't lunch. listen very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing. You owe me so, lunch. So, um, so the uh, the pumps, in a, in a word, it's a hard day's night with a Faustian twist. Mm. Faustian? With, yeah. So um, it's actually... I made Ghost Roads, and um, it it was just a pain in the in the ass. Can I say ass? Pain in the butt um, because um, <laughs> you said the, the both, so you're covered. <laughs> the, the The people were fighting all the time, oh and God. I would have these Japanese call me up in the middle of the night, just screaming at me. You know about the director or the, the the director of photography or whatever. And I realized at that time, I can't talk back to anyone. I have to listen to them. And I would just listen to them for like an hour screaming at me. 
in um, a, a dialect that's from Osaka, and I couldn't understand a word they were saying. And um, I would just let them yell at me until they got tired <laughs> and then calm down and just told them, okay, I'll take care of it tomorrow. But anyway, so a guy, a guy uh, contacted me one day and he said, I want to remake that movie. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do it. And he said, no, no, listen to me. Um, I've got, you know, this director and I have Linda Perry and don't, don't tell anyone, but like, I was like, who's Linda Perry? And um, don't you remember you wrote her song? (laughs) (laughs) I know you do so much, Mike. (laughs) So, so um, Linda Perry came into the project and I, I looked her up and you know, that video, what's, what's going on or what's up. That has 1.4 billion views. Wow. Wow. So, I know. I was just like, what? I've added at least four. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, she came on, and I've had several Zoom calls with her. She's really nice. She's not conceited at all, but a very business-like person. And um, I think she can tell when people are trying to bullshit her because... You know, she told me, yeah, right, Mike, and then hung up on me. No. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Mike, by the way, you can say ass, you can say butt, but you can't say bullshit. <laughs> oh, okay. Richard has to clean up the three now. Mm-hmm. And mine. <laughs> so, she's, she's joined the project, and I can't announce it yet. Because of her, we have a British supermodel who is going to be the main part, and this woman is very super famous. Everyone knows who she is and she has starred in movies too. Mm-hmm. Great actress. So, yeah. So, um, I think they're going to announce that pretty soon, but I, I'm pretty happy about that. And then I, you know, um, I wrote the original for Miss, uh, meet the pumps and then rewrote the script with Steven. And then just the other day I got hired by another guy who made a movie called Schemers that won a lot of awards and to write that script. And, you know, you got to keep doing, we got to keep doing keep moving. Well, well, yeah. And to keep from going bankrupt. Well, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. As Mike says, I make rock and roll stuff. We got to take one more break, Dr. D. Yes, sir. And we'll come back and we'll, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to you, but not before okay. Mike. You know, we'll be sad about saying goodbye, but it won't be forever. Uh, not before we talk about the Jap- uh, Japan Indies Film Festival. You know what you kind of remind me of, Mike? And I, you're like the, um, you know, that director who does a lot of music videos. Um, John. Oh, my God. I'm going to forget his name now. Um, Wayne. What's that? John Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. you're like him. Too. <laughs> um, no. Uh, before this, I got to look it up here now because I got to I got to finish my. Well, I'll, I'll tell you on the other side of the break, but you're like this this great director who does a lot of rock and roll movies and, and I always enjoy his stuff. Um, so, again, find Mike. You can find him everywhere at 55 radio stations where you throw a dart. You'll hit one. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 p.m. P, uh, PDT time, Radio Candy, Radio Station Core, Radio WFMU, New Jersey, LUX, Lux Radio Spain. You can find Mike at on Facebook at Mike in Tokyo Rogers and a Mike in Tokyo Rogers on Instagram as well. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Drejo. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stump Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Back to the Jeremiah Show, our final segment for now with Mike in Tokyo. It must be what six thirty there, almost in Tokyo. Yeah, almost six thirty in the morning. Coffee got cold, but you can almost you're almost free to go get another one. The Minnesota Minnesota Voodoo Men for your love. We we went out, we took you out to break with the the Minnesota Voodoo Men. Why'd you choose this band? Um, they're. a uh, garage band that's been playing in Japan for I think about 10 years and um, like I said Japanese bands don't even get played on the radio here and so I started playing them and their reaction has been really really good and like that we, we played For Your Love that is a, some heavy that is a very heavy cover of that song yeah. and I really like that and, and then we came back with Taxi Man Taxi Man. Taxi Man is a band from Tokyo called Sakuran Zensen. And this is a very rare case. An indies band who got so popular so fast, they were signed by Sony Records. Now, the problem is Sony, Warner, Universal, whatever, have a a knack for screwing up something that's really cool. (laughs) And... These guys, they signed with Sony, and a year later, they quit and never released a record. So it kind of reminds me of the Sex Pistols or something like that. Um, and I think signing with Sony has ruined the band reputation amongst each other. Mm. And what I hear through the grapevine is they've broken up or they've taken a break for a while, but I'm sure... When they got signed to Sony, they were really excited and thought, this is it. We've made it. And then Sony, like I said, screws things up. And then now they get they, they quit the label and they're probably all wondering, you know, their midlife crisis while they're 20 years old. 
Well, that sounds like a perfect comeback story there. Yeah. By the way, uh, to mention that that director, just to finish this thought on air, uh, John Carney was who I was trying to compare you to. I know uh, you're you're a lot you're the heavier writer director. I would I would say the punk and the, the some of the band some of the stuff that you put out there. I hope you don't mind that comparison. No, no, that's fine. Um, Okay, so Mike, we've got to move on. You know, we've got to say goodbye. Unfortunately, we do have radio airtime. We got to fit into this little box, and I don't do it very well either. Um, I wanted to point out uh, at the Pump Official on Instagram, you can go check out the Pumps. Um, they're an LA female rock, pop rock band. There's new music coming soon, and you can also check them out at thepumpsofficial.com. Mike is uh, wrote Meet the Pumps, and we can't wait to to for that to go into production and then to see that Mike. So we'll have to have you back when that comes comes okay. out. Um, if if you if you will come back, the Japan I will. <laughs> Japan <laughs> Indies Film Festival. You're the founder. You uh, tell us about that here before we well, say goodbye okay. to you. Okay, so I'll try to make this really quick. So the Japanese film industry is really screwed up, and. <laughs> It's controlled by a, a group of good old boys. And these good old boys don't want any indies film, filmmakers, even Japanese people coming into their group. So they hate me. I hate them. It's okay. And um, <laughs> now I'm starting to, it's starting to make sense. The uh, non-corporate. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> lifestyle. I started it and I contacted Raindance and Raindance, you know, generally does things their own way and really fair and mm. honest scoring. Like, for example, the Tokyo International Festival. Of course, I don't want to say anything bad about them, but if you're a filmmaker and you want your film in Tokyo Film Festival, the International Film Festival, they won't accept you. They only accept films from their friends. Mm. Mm. And they'll only show films from their friends and they, they give awards to their friends. And that's why no Japanese film festival is in the top 200 of the world circuit. So I kind of thought like, okay, well, might as well go. I mean, it's not toe to toe, toe to Goliath against these people and, and try to make something so that independent filmmakers can have a place to show what they want to do. And we're very fair about judging, and we don't do any of this, uh, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, buddy-buddy, good old boy thing. Yeah, you're in. You'll win a trophy. I generally don't accept films from people who are my friends. And, the work um, speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Fair. It's fair. It's a fair festival. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's very fair. and um, But it'll take. 10 or 15 years for that to become big. This is only our fifth year. And we got, we did get a write-up. We did get a write-up that's saying, you know, the top 10 film festivals in Asia, and we were ranked number three. Wow, congratulations. I, I couldn't believe it. Hmm. Wow. That's well, great. Check it out, filmfreeway.com backslash Japan Indies Film Festival. Um, when is the festival, Mike? Um, in December, uh, I think December 15th or something like that. And so are you accepting submissions now? Yes. Okay. Where do they send Please those to? submit, please. Yeah, we submit, uh, we accept short films, music videos, feature films, documentaries. Whatever. Where do they send them to, Mike? 
Oh, they just go on to filmfreeway.com. Right there. Okay. And then search for Japan Indies Film Festival, J-I-F-F, and um, you can enter there. Mike, Mike in Tokyo. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So I'll make it right now that if you you write in Jeremiah, you get a 10% discount. Ooh. Isn't that see what is that, is that okay to see, do that? I, I like love it. that. See, uh, being a member has its advantages. Per- advantages, that's right. Just like American Express, that's right. <laughs> but it'll be Jeremiah <laughs> the Jeremiah Show, always. just like American Express. That's right. Um, the don't Jeremiah leave home Show, the Jeremiah Show. Yeah. Yes, don't or, leave home without it. Don't don't leave okay. home without us. Uh, one last question, Mike. Thanks for that generous oh. offer to our listeners and Mike. Uh, mm. One last question for you. You ever plan on moving to Italy? <laughs> no, because, and I, this is serious, I hear, you know, in Japan, you can walk around the streets here, and I love Japan. There's no crime. There's, there's no trash in the streets. And there's no trash cans in the streets. Because in Japan, the custom is if you, you have trash, you're supposed to put it in your pocket and take it home and then throw it away. But I hear in Italy, there's dog poo-poo all over the sidewalks. <laughs> and, and that just disgusts me. If uh, our Italian listeners, if you want to confirm or deny that, That's right. Mike, <laughs> email Mike. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but I, 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 now, I asked that question because in case you just tuned in in the beginning, Mike, one of your dreams was you're going to go to Japan for two years and then yeah. move to Italy. So, no, you're going to stay in Japan. That's that's your Yeah, that's home. right. Maybe come home to see uh, us in Ventura in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah, great. Mike, it's been so much fun talking to you, and uh, I hope to check in with you a lot more and find and follow the best indie bands. I mean, uh, you your show is amazing. Mike in Tokyo. Again, you can find it on 55 stations. You're, you're uh, an international superstar to us, and I'm sure to the bands that you promote. Thank you for all you do, Mike. Thank you. All right, everybody. You know what's coming next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Communicate. Listen more and evolve. Have a great week, everybody.
this is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a put my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.